Hobby Addicts の時間です。It's time for Hobby Addicts. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hey, you guys, welcome to Hobby Addicts, episode 203. I'm your host, Mitsugi, and we have we have truncated back to the MMs. We are now M cubed. Mmm, so good. Mandy and Mason in the house, guys. What is up? Hello. How's、Today. it going? <laughs> well, let's see. How's it going? It's very warm outside, although it snowed two days ago. And, um,. I don't know. We're just hiding inside and, you know, going for sanity walks, and that's about it. So, how's everybody else holding up? Uh, doing all right. It, the weather here has gone from like 40 to 75 and overnight, and it was insane. But,、um, other than that, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. That's every day in Colorado. Oh, is it? Literally, yeah. <laughs> The, the biggest temperature swing we ever had was like 90 degrees. It was like 10, and then the next day it was like 90. <laughs> not, not since I've been here, though. Mason, how are you? I'm doing good. Our weather was nice like two or three days ago. So during that time, I went on a bunch of runs and was an outdoor boy. And now I think we're in for a bunch of cloudy, doomy, rainy, icky, gross weather. So、Ooh. I've been. Yeah, so I'm glad I got my runs in when I had the chance, and now I'm just basking in the indoor life. Gotcha. Well, well <clears throat> since we all are indoors, we're all probably engaging in more of our hobbies than, than largely we otherwise would be, I imagine. So today I'm going to be talking about a Netflix documentary that I think most people are watching right now called Tiger King, and it's very crazy. Um, and Mandy is going to give an update on Animal Crossing New Horizons, which continues to swallow the internet completely and utterly. I'll be, I'll be honest, I haven't done anything else. <laughs>、uh, has, has Mandy become the Tiger King? Is that Animal Crossing? <laughs> no, no Tiger Kings here, sadly. I caught a tiger beetle. Does that count?、Uh, mm. I'll allow it. Yeah.、Oh, okay. Sure, why not? And Mason <laughs> played some Dungeons and Dragons. So, why don't we start with that? We both did. Oh, you both? This is a joint game? Mm hmm. Oh, cool. Well, why don't you guys start with that then, since you both were doing it together? Sure. So, last Monday, I think it was,、uh, Mandy, myself, and a couple other people played a game of online, I guess it, was just, it happened to be online, Dungeons and Dragons. It was hosted by Frigimon from the、uh, Recovery of an Anime Junkie podcast. And、uh, we played with our dearly departed Rest in Peace Kazuo, who was there <laughs> as well. And、uh, we had a pretty good time. I am, as some of you guys might know,、uh, very new to Dungeons and Dragons. I've played it like once before in my life on one occasion. So I、uh, barely knew what was going on, but we used this online. System through Steam. What was it called?、Uh, It's called Fantasy Grounds. Fantasy Grounds. And it was, it worked really well, I thought. Have you ever used that software? No, I've never used Fantasy Grounds, but I did get it on Steam. And you can get a free、um, kind of, 
they demo of it, but if you want to buy the entire thing to be able to create your own uh, campaigns, and you, it costs money. I, I can't remember how much it is. Yeah. But um, normally I use Roll20, which is an online cl- client. It's not through Steam. Mm-hmm. And... I've never had an issue using Roll20. I've always thought it was very easy, but I think Fantasy Grounds comes with like its own maps and stuff that you can use. And I think the you can download the uh, player guides or whatever campaigns you're using and import them in there. Um, I know Roll20 does something similar, but I've never built my own campaign in Roll20. I've only gotcha. ever been a player. So the same as Fantasy Grounds. Do you, do you like it better than Roll20? I mean, I don't really think they're that different. Like, it oh, was okay. very easy for me to jump in there. Gotcha. It but is that... nice that you get, like, rolling animations, though. Like, you can pick up the dice and roll them. Oh, that's neat. And there's, like, a place where you can, write, like, write in your native or the language that you're using. So, like, you can change your languages. And so, if somebody doesn't have that language, they won't be able to see what you're saying. So, that's kind of cool. So, instead of, like, whispering to each other through, like, text messages or something, you can do it in the chat. Where he's, like, he speaks in Elvish and then types out something in Elvish. Only the people who can speak elvish are going to be able to translate it and see what it says everyone else it just comes up as runes oh that's cool so that's kind of cool it's especially cool because then you're more like incentivized to talk in a language only because you know other people won't be able to understand so you get to feel like they're part of they don't understand so you get to like neglect (laughs) them and make them feel bad about their choices but uh, well, I had a bunch of fun. Yeah, I played as this big golden god uh, inspired by Kaiman, a, down, a dino boy, because the Discord uh, helped me pick and build my entire character one, oh, one cool. night. So that was fun. He was a, a monk who wields his fist. He had a bagpipe that he calls the dumpling. <laughs> um, he has acid breath that I rolled a, uh, a COVID D19 for to use as a uh, shower substitute. Um, a COVID an, D-19? Yeah, a COVID D-19. Uh, he got into like draconic arguments with uh, <laughs> Bofuri, the character from... Uh, uh, I didn't want to get hurt, so I like, maxed out my defenses. We had, a, we had a person who was playing as Maple. So, oh, really? Uh, we got in arguments. <laughs> um, I was the Grinch. My heart grew three times one day because uh, Kazuo decided to turn me into a 3,000-pound dino boy. And uh, that was wow. a fun little rampage. And uh, I pretty much just had uh, tea parties without any tea while all my companions, a.k.a. Mandy, tried to be productive. <laughs> and those were just some of the highlights. from uh, Story of my life. From Mandy day solves one. all the puzzles and everyone gets left behind. <laughs> Listen, what's, what's better? Me not helping or me getting in the way? You did get in a way a couple times. Uh, he's a big boy, <laughs> and there was a small corridor. You can't blame the dino. <laughs> so, so Mason, as a fairly new D&D player, what were your favorite and, I guess, least favorite? What were the highlights and the lowlights for you from D&D? Like, how, do you, how are you feeling about it? I mean, D&D, in my mind, is inherently not a fun game. Like, it is... <laughs> just kind of dull and drab and you can see the railroad lines and through no fault of our dungeon master it's just inherent to how the game is set up and especially because this was designed to be a one-shot campaign so it's not like i have deep ties that have like built up over multiple sessions to this world and these characters like it's very kind of laissez-faire and you try to kind of bend and break the rules but 
as an excuse to just hang around with friends and like goof off, uh, it's a fantastic experience. So that's kind of how I view the uh, experience. So, okay. All right. So, but you enjoyed yourself. I did. That's good. And yeah. I, I don't think I was that much of a burden on the uh, the party. So, playing D and D is a good online is a great way to kind of <clears throat> bridge the the uh, lack of a social life that some people need to have when they're cooped up, you know, during these like sort of self imposed quarantines. And so I've heard I've been hearing a lot of people playing a uh, roll twenty online. So and other oh nice. I've never heard of the one you guys played, but I'm glad you guys had fun. Um, anything else you want to share from your D and D adventure? Uh, Mandy, did you have any comments on how it went? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, this was one Andrew's first time DMing, or at least one of his first times DM, first times DMing, and uh, I thought he did pretty well for his first time. D and D is only going to be as immersive as immersive as you make it yourself. So the DM matters a lot in that in that and how quickly they're able to adapt to the situations how quickly they're able to just um create different scenario or different scenarios and different uh just creating things on the fly how good they are at that and their creativity so your experience with dnd is going to vastly change depending on who your dm is but um he did he did all right for his first time though yeah i was i was engaged we were, I was having a blast. Um, I played my usual uh, ranger self. <laughs> I was a half-elf, and my name was Tika, and I played... Uh, my pet this time was a giant weasel that ate rocks, so... And <laughs> almost fun. almost kicked the bucket. Yeah, oh. Andrew almost killed him. He had one <laughs> HP left. It was real close. <laughs> it was a nail biter. And it was sad because he didn't even do anything. He was just standing around and Andrew had an enemy throw something at him. I was like, oh and my it, God. And it crit too. Yeah, That's why it, it was so him. close. And yeah, because your weasel, you didn't use it at all during the fights. No. You just let him like eat rocks on the side. Yeah, he was always <laughs> eating rocks. Because <laughs> the hunter pet, or not hunter, ranger pets, they don't really... Be- like they're like for a, a long time after you take beast mastery they don't become useful until you get a certain perk where you can both use attacks because your beast master pet is like you have to in order to use it to attack you have to give up your own attack phase and there's really no reason to do that when i know i can do a whole lot more damage than he can so until you get that right. perk where you can both attack at the same time it's kind of pointless, but of course it there it depends. Some people realize that there is a huge um, like disadvantage for uh, rangers, and sometimes there will be home rules where it's like, well, yeah, you can use your pet to attack because it barely does any damage. So what's what does it matter if you get to attack with both? So it depends on your DM as well, like um, rules and how the DM interprets them can completely change. So even though I've played. D&D massive amount of times I still asked Andrew like questions on like uh what is this okay and what is this okay how do you interpret this because it's completely up to them I just go with whatever the DM says basically so since since this was Andrew's first time as a DM did you find that he was particularly generous as a DM 
in terms of like negotiating or giving items or the challenge of it? Or was he pretty like easy? Was he, um, or, or was he like a stickler? Or was he like sort of a tough DM? Because I find that. Nah, he was, he was very generous. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, he, he, he just wants everyone to just have fun. So he wasn't like, like a stickler for the rules in the book. Like he changed some things around to make it more fun. And he gave us all special magical items to begin with because we all started at level three so that we weren't, we weren't struggling through level one where you literally have nothing available to you. So right. he wanted us to be able to just jump right in and get to the good stuff. So, uh, yeah. And um, it was very clear this is like a tiny little one shot because there were hints here and there where I could see that he had more of a story planned. But... Um, in order for us to just get somewhere and not let us, because a lot of DMs, when you're planning on playing it for, you know, months or whatever, you, they allow you to just spend a lot of time role playing. Let's go to a tavern and just talk to the people in the tavern. Let's role play with each other as our characters, build a story, build a story around all of them and their relationships, who they like, who they dislike and stuff like that in the, but, Andrew was definitely trying to usher us onto the journey. He was like, point A, point B, point C. That's not really how most people play D&D, but I get that he was like wanting us to get to a certain point in the story. Gotcha. That he set up. But yeah, it was all right. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, I'm glad you guys had fun. Um, moving on from that, I've been watching a Netflix TV documentary called uh, called Tiger King. And the reason why I started watching it was because it's like, you know, Netflix has like their rankings. So it's the number one thing in the U.S. right now. And so I think a lot of people are watching it. Um, Is it the sequel to Beastars? <laughs> no. Um, Is this, I see is where this you're going, animated though. or live action? No, no, no. This is live action. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's basically like, how the hell do I even describe this? So there's these three people and they're there might be some like a slight political incorrectness to this conversation. Cause like some of this, this is not a super politically correct documentary, but um, I don't think it's too, too bad, but there's um, there are these people that they own like just like this crazy number of like dangerous wild animals. And I don't know how they like the one guy's name is Joe exotic. And I can't tell if I, I, his, his, his last name's say not, no more. Listen, the people, every single person in, the, in this documentary is batshit crazy. So I just say that just for starters. And that's kind of what makes it interesting because they're just nuts. But I can't tell if this guy is just filthy rich or if he is flat broke. It's really odd because he has this zoo in like Oklahoma. That's it's kind of like a zoo, but it looks more like a just like a collection of animal cages in the woods sort of. And I mean, so you would like, I wouldn't say like, Oh, when you go to the Cincinnati zoo or the Boston zoo or the Denver zoo, like it's real nice and there are gift shops and there's like, you know, aquariums and all this crap. Like this is basically just like, this guy's got like 700 tigers literally and monkeys and wolves and oh, all dang. this shit. And they're just like, yeah, he's these, rich. And they're just like in these, um, compounds, um, like these 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 enclosures in the woods, and it's almost like people just kind of walk around in the woods and like look at these animals and pet them. Um, well, so you think he's rich, but like then he does things like he feeds the animals with meat that come off of like a truck from Walmart, where where Walmart throws out the expired meat, like they take it off the shelves and they'll dispose of it in these big trucks, and then somehow this guy gets a hold of those trucks and he uses the, the expired meat to feed the animals. 
He owns like literally nothing on the, on the property. It seems to be owned by him. Um, and he has this super um, vendetta against this woman named Carol Baskins. He, he, you might have seen her on Twitter because it's like blowing up now, this TV show. And she owns this big cat rescue in Tampa, which I've almost, which, which I almost went to once. And because it's like okay. right next to where I lived. And I'm glad I didn't because so this lady, she has this like big cat rescue, she calls it, but it's also kind of like this little shithole in the woods with like a whopping, I think the guy said he like the, the Joe exotic guy hates her. And so he, he went and visited her, her like place. And there's like 12, only like 12 cats there. And he's like this, you know, he, he hates this lady so much. He's like, you know, this, 14 exp- expletives woman only has 12, 12 um, cats. And, and then it's like, he wanted to get a better look at it. So they rented a helicopter and we're, and he was, we're flying the helicopter real low over her like establishments and freaking out all the animals. And then like, you God, hear the, that's the you, nightmare. You hear his friends talking about his conversation in the helicopter about how, about how, how he wanted to like pull pins and drop grenades out of the helicopter and just blow shit up. Um, but people have a real, have a good reason for not liking this lady because First of all, she's she's just awful. I mean, she is just you just want to like shake her every time every time she talks because she's so um, greedy and um, just just a terrible person. And a lot of this documentary is about how people are like ninety five percent sure she murdered her husband and fed him to the animals in her enclosures because she had this. She had this husband named Don Lewis who was really rich and he liked cats, like big cats and stuff too. And one day, like there's this whole episode of the documentary, it's like seven episodes by the way, where like he just disappears and there's this huge investigation where that were, there's all this circumstantial evidence that basically points directly at the woman, Carol. And and then so, so then you've got the... Uh, Joe Exotic has like a TV studio in his like zoo area where he posts stuff on, on YouTube and he's got like pictures of the, her husband's face with like the eyes and the mouth cut out. And he's like interviewing this picture with the eyes and mouth cut out. And he's like, um, can someone please get me out of the septic tank under her, under the big cat rescue. It's really cold down. Like, you know, just like literally just antagonizing this woman about how she obviously murdered her husband and fed him to the, to the cats. Um, meanwhile, there's this third guy who has another like big cat zoo place where he has like seven wives and forces all of them to get boob jobs and pays them $100 a week. But for some reason, they like love working there. And are, it's almost like a cult. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't like understand how, like, how do you eat on $100 a week? And then, but then, like, I guess they just live at the zoo and like, it's just so fucking wild. And then, like, the interaction between all these people and like, Joe Exotic and the Carol get into a lawsuit and there's all this like crazy legal battle going on. Um, and at one point, like a huge chunk, this is a spoiler, a huge chunk, like a big building on Joe Exotic's like zoo gets like literally burned to the, burned to ashes with like accelerant. So somebody goes in there and like burns down like the entire recording studio and like, and like the entire building that held like a ton of alligators and there's just like this mad, this crazy war going on between these people, and um, and they're all just batshit crazy. And is the tagline of this something like really cheesy, like "We're the zookeepers, or more wild than the animals"? 
It's called Tiger King. <laughs> it's called Tiger King, Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness is what it's called. Wow. That's it's a true, ridiculous. It's a true crime documentary television about the life of Joseph Mall. Um, what is his, his, boy's name is tough. Let me see here. Uh, Joseph Maldonado Passage, a.k.a. Joe Exotic and Carol Baskins, owner of Big Cat Rescue, Carol Baskins alleges Joe Exotic's breeding program, zoo, and animal conditions and practice are changing, are charging visitors to pet lion or, or, or tiger cubs as abusive to big cats and makes it her personal mission to end private big cat ownership in general and Joe Exotic's cobbler, cobbled together private Oklahoma zoo. In turn, Joe alleges uh, conditions at Carol Baskins, Florida rescue are subpar, which I live right next to it, as I said. And Carol Baskins is waging a hypocritical campaign of focused harassment against him by creating websites naming him an animal abuser, uh, PETA, blah, blah, blah. And as I said, like a lot of it's about how she murdered her husband and they found like his abandoned van and, and everybody knows that she killed him, but they can't pin it on her. And meanwhile, this other guy's got like a huge mullet and he's like got 10 wives that all have boob jobs and... It's just crazy. Like, have you guys heard anything about this so, show? They're all nuts. It looks uh, good. They are no, all, they are you, all insane. So, do you recommend it? Absolutely. Like, rec- does it have a happy ending, um, or does it just continue well, it's on? A true crime show. So, no. <laughs> so, um, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty known, I think, beforehand that Joe Exotic ends up in prison at the end of this. But I'm on episode. Five, I'm getting ready to start episode five of seven, and. And um, he's not in prison yet, so I'm not sure what he's gonna do. I kind of hope he. Uh, this is a bad to say, but she is just literally the devil. So I kind I kind of hope he kills Carol Baskin <laughs> at the end of this. <laughs> she well, this is, is based on a true story. So do you know any of the history of it? No, I don't personally know how it ends. If that's what well, you're. I guess don't about. look it up then for the spoilers. I guess this seems interesting to me because. In Indiana, near my college, there's uh, where, where I went to college, I should say, there's a, uh, a place called the Exotic Feline Rescue Center, which is one of the dopest places in Indiana. Like it's a place that just uh, has like these huge cats and all this stuff. They have a, the coolest looking strawberry tiger I've ever seen in my life. It's badass. Highly recommend checking out this place. Yeah. But essentially they tell stories because I'd say probably 70% of their their felines come from people who sounds like you no know, Joe or Baskin were people who are like, Oh, I think tigers are cool and badass. I want a tiger and they get a tiger and they're like, we don't know how to care for tigers or they just don't care for it well. And they kind of come in and like rescue it. So like I've seen like the, the end location where these cats are like cared for properly. And the, the zookeepers tell stories of like what kind of treatment these animals used to be in. So this is like the, the prequel to that arc where you see the wild stuff going on. So I'm, that sounds interesting. I, I will give a trip. So, Go ahead. So the real man was arrested in 2018, but he's only convicted. Whoa, 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 like, whoa. Are you going to give a spoiler? No, he's convicted this year, okay, just okay. in January. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the real person. I don't know how this documentary is. Okay. Remake is going, but uh, he was sentenced to 22 years, which doesn't Ooh. sound like, doesn't sound like murder. a lot for murder. <laughs> um, but um, it's interesting. I really like that Netflix is making these series. They did the Don't Fuck With Cats that I talked about recently. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, this sounds really good. I'm going to watch this with my I, mom, probably. She loves true crime, too. I will give a trigger warning, because there is, like, some some triggering stuff in here. So, like, um, Joe, like, I mean, I don't It's, like, Joe Exotic is, he's, he has, like, lovers that he keeps at his place that he basically gets them to stay there, even though they don't match his, like, sexual orientation, because he's got them, like, hooked on drugs and so they're like there because he can supply them with these drugs. And then there's some like tragic events that happen. So like there's definitely some triggering shit in here. So if, if people are like easily um, thrown askew by stuff like that, um, you know, be be aware that it's in there. Um, but then again, for every like triggering sort of socially odd thing that Joe Exotic does, he also does something like he ran for president of the United States, couldn't realize he couldn't win and ran for governor of Oklahoma and was giving out, like, condoms with his face printed on them and shit. Like, this fucking guy is... Oh, I remember someone talking about that. And he gets third place. Ages ago. He got 20% of the vote, too, which is, like, completely nuts. So, but but there's definitely some, like, triggering shit in this documentary. It's easily rated R, so... To be fair, Um, Joe Exotic is a name you can trust. (laughs) (laughs) God, it's so funny oh you mentioned God, that because yeah. now after you said that, I remember the news article about that and everyone was mocking it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got like 20% and then like the next guy got like 30 and then the other guy got like the guy who won got like 40% or something. But yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty good. You know, I don't, I don't know how it ends. I don't know how it's going to end. Um, I really, I know Carol Baskins is probably going to be fine because as far as I know, Big Cat Rescue still operates, but she is awful. Um, my girlfriend and I want her to go down so bad. But she, I, I don't think she will, but because she has just like, she's like, she's insanely wealthy. And so like, she can just put up these legal battles that no one else can touch. And she's like bankrupting people and threatening to like destroy their livelihoods with legal battles. And, and, um, she's just a tough customer. I assume her immense wealth comes from her ice cream empire with uh, Mr. Robbins. Oh, absolutely. Oh Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, check it out. It just came out. It literally came out nine days ago. So it's, um, it's the number one thing on Netflix right now. Seven episodes. They're about 45 minutes each. Totally worth it. Um, and, uh, there's not, I, it's not, it's not, it's not packed with true crime. Uh, there's a lot more of just like Joe Exotic being just totally fucking crazy. But, um, and then, uh, and then the harem guy sprinkled in there a little bit too, which you don't see quite as much of him, but. That's about it, guys. I've been. That's pretty much all I've been doing this week. We um, playing some games on and off, but nothing I haven't already talked about. So, although Resident Evil 3's remake does come out next week, and then like the week after that, um, two weeks is Final Fantasy Final Seven. Final Fantasy Seven will come out. So, so um, we will have new things to discuss. But Animal Crossing, we got ten minutes here for an Animal Crossing update. Honestly, I don't really have much to say about Animal Crossing because that's all I've done this week. So, I mean, um, I have not been doing the time traveling thing that a lot of people do where you change your uh, Switch's date and time to go ahead in the future and see what new stuff pops up on your island. I've been playing it just the way it's been meant to be played. And I'm not that I'm shaming anybody for time traveling. It, play the game however you want. It's a single player game. But for me personally, I just want to play it. This is my first time playing Animal Crossing. So I've just wanted to play it or experience it the way it's meant to be. So I've just been coming back every day just to see what's new on my island. And yeah. we just built, um, rebuilt Tom Nook's like, um, like 
I don't want to say city hall, whatever it is. It's like his like management building. And uh, my museum is built, which is really cool inside. Everything that you collect, all of like the fish and bugs and fossils, they get displayed in this museum. And it's huge. Like the outside building's tiny, but on the inside, you go through like different levels and there's just all kinds of stuff. Everything's on display. It's really cool looking. Um, we rebuilt the store. So there's more stuff in there now, like more items that I can buy. And I've been going to random, uh, islands and getting stuff from there. Like I've now have bamboo and I'm building a bamboo grove and I'm building, um, like I got some peach trees from different places and I've just been trying to just rework my, my island. I paid off my house loan. The first one, I've almost had the second one paid off so I can expand again. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's still fun. I'm still playing around with it. Um, speaking of true crime, my mom and I started a new, uh, series yesterday from on the oxygen channel that was crazy. And there are two episodes out and the third one comes on tonight. So I'm hoping we finish the podcast in time because I need to see what the hell is happening in this. But um, it's based on the West Memphis three trial from like back in like 94. And it was never solved. And so now it's a cold case. And now, um, and they have this man who ha- runs a true crime podcast. And uh-huh. of course, he has collected so much information being on this podcast. So now he has his own series where he's going through the case and finding new stuff. And I'm just so fascinated by everything they keep bringing up. And uh, they're, they're questioning a lot of the... Um, the witnesses and family members and what was going on in this town. It was weird because they had originally convicted three teenagers to this back in like 94. And the only reason they were convicted was because there were rumors that they were part of some satanic ritual or whatever. And like there was like there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever pinning them to this crime. But they were convicted anyways, just because they wanted to sweep it under the rug. And then they were pardoned. And even it even got to a point where the family members who wanted justice for their little kids that were murdered, three three little boys were murdered. And they even at, they even got to a point where they're like, you know what? These guys aren't the ones who killed my son. I don't know why they have been arrested and put on death row, <laughs> but they did finally get out of prison. So now no one has no idea, any idea whatsoever who actually committed the murders. And so the things that they're collecting now that they're actually collecting evidence and now we actually have the ability to uh, process DNA. And it's so fascinating to see all the stuff that's coming up after like 20 years <laughs> or like over 20 years. It's so crazy. So I'm I'm excited to continue that series <laughs> and I can't wait to see how it ends. Well, what time does that come on tonight? We'll have to make sure we're, we wrap it up. Uh, 8 o'clock, I believe, because I think Paul Holes' show is on from 7 to 8. Ooh, okay, well, we'll see if we can do it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Speed round. I will say. If not, I'm hoping the Oxygen, I'm hoping the Oxygen app has the ability to just watch on demand. I don't know. We'll see. I will say, side note, that I think I, I, think I discovered how to break Animal Crossing just from watching my girlfriend play it. And <laughs> the re- And unless I'm mistaken... The way you break that game is by trading the turnips. I don't know if you've done any turnip trading. I don't have any turnips. I don't even know how you get turnips. But, well, apparently somebody comes every Sunday and sells you turnips for a price. <gasps> and then, through, Well, I need and, to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> and, then throughout the, and then throughout the week, 
the 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 like the turnip market has a has a daily price, and you can sell your turnips at any point during the week to make a profit. But um, the first time she bought turnips was like a small quantity, like ten of them or something, for like I don't I don't I think they were like nine hundred total bells or whatever. And today she did it, and she was like, "How much should I buy?" And I'm sitting here, and I said to her, "I was like, you have twelve thousand bells. I would buy all twelve. I would spend twelve thousand on them because um, this game it seems." Um, unrealistically easy to make a profit trading because it's like at some point during the week. It, um, I think last last time sh- they shot up to like almost two hundred bucks a bell, or two hundred two hundred bells a turn up. So, like you could basically double, take your twelve thousand bells, wait till like Thursday, sell them all, double your money, wait till Sunday, buy buy twenty four thousand worth, wait wait for a period throughout the week, sell them for double, get forty eight thousand, buy forty eight thousand worth of you know, turnips, double that. So you're like doubling every week. So I think unless I'm, unless there's a cap on purchasing, I think you could probably make like a million bells a week doing that. But maybe I'm wrong because it seems, it seems, it seems too easy, but I would look out for that because. I mean, it's Animal Crossing. I wouldn't be surprised if it is too easy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So it seemed like uh, they were pretty generous with the. That's cool. I have not found the turnip sellers so maybe i will today and we um when i'm able to play later on tonight we'll see. yeah i'm not sure where he is but look but you i'm sure if you like google it you probably find him so all right lots of catching fish and lots of wahoos all around the world <laughs> Wahoo! all right guys <laughs> well next week i don't know what we'll talk about i'll probably talk about resident evil 3 and um don't know what else so but we'll see you guys on Hobby Addicts next time. Everybody stay indoors. Be safe. Take take um, your health seriously. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Take care. Wash your hands. Wash them. Bye, guys. And don't pet the tigers. <laughs> <laughs>